running up the score. You're listening to the Running Up the Score podcast. Now here's your host, Jerry Napoleonello. All right, here we go. It is Running Up the Score. I'm Jerry Napoleonello. Let's get right into it. We got the goods today. We got another round of previews. We're going with the AFC North, the NFC North. Let's get right into it. But first, let's go around the league and check out what's going on. Justin Herbert got a big deal. He is the highest paid player right now. That is until Joe Burrow gets his bag. So uh, Herbert will hold that title for a little bit longer. And then uh, and then we'll see Burrow there. Speaking of Burrow, Burrow gets hurt. In training camp, hurts his calf, is going to be out multiple weeks. And my question is, all right, now you watch the the injury, didn't look bad. It really didn't. It was scary that it was a non-contact injury. Anytime you see a non-contact injury with any player, you're worried, especially the way he pulled up. You're thinking hamstring, Achilles, uh, ACL, MCL, you know, whatever it is. It ends up being a calf injury. But when you watch it, he had a sleeve on that calf. So that's odd to me. Uh, Whether it was bothering him prior to that and maybe he shouldn't have been out there or at least maybe doing stuff on the side. Whatever it is, burrows out another training camp that he'll be missing a lot of time from. So that is definitely something to watch if you're a Cincinnati fan or if you're just, you know, checking out Cincinnati. Jalen Ramsey gets hurt. Now his is more of a bigger injury because he won't be back probably until December. So that's a big hit for Miami. Miami was was coming into this season now with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard looking like they're a top two, maybe top three, maybe even number one secondary, you know, cornerback tandem. He's down now until uh, about December-ish. That's what they're hoping for. So that's something to keep an eye on in Miami. And another thing that I really wanted to talk about was, you know, there's a lot of talks of these these running backs, you know, and their contracts and this and that, whatever it is. Um you're seeing a lot of it, you know, whether it be Jonathan Taylor, uh, Austin Eckler came out and said stuff, Saquon Barkley having his issues with uh, the Giants before signing his contract. The The running back position is tough. It, it really is tough because you get to a certain point where the beating that they've taken is now coming back to bite them. You know, whether it be a team that used them as a workhorse, you know, as in like the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, the guy was a great running back. I mean, he still is. He's just lost his step a little bit. But he was always that type of running back. And you love to see it. 
but he was one of those types of running backs that looked for contact. And that's great. I mean, as a fan, especially as a fan of a cow of the Cowboys, that's what you want to see. You want to see that running back look for contact. You want them to set the tone. And that's what Ezekiel Elliott did each and every week. But, you know, coming up past his second contract and, you know, it, it age was getting to him. You know, the beating that he's taken for the last couple of years is, has, you know, come back to bite him. So the Cowboys had to cut their ties with him. But it's just, it's something that is to be looked at when you're looking at all these running backs. I mean, out of the last, so let's go, you know, this is one of the biggest arguments that everybody brings up nowadays with with the running back position. The last 14 Super Bowls, the leading rusher on those teams, okay? Let's start out, so 14, so this is 2009. The Saints, Pierre Thomas. Not great. Not, you know, not bad, but not great. 2010, the Packers, James Starks. 2011, Giants, Ahmad Bradshaw. 2012, the Ravens with Ray Rice. He's probably the biggest name in terms of running back, I guess, on this list. 2013, the Seahawks had Percy Harvin, who was a wide receiver. Um, the 2014 Patriots, LeGarrette Blunt. 2015, Broncos, C.J. Anderson. 16 and 17, Patriots and Eagles, LeGarrette Blunt again. 18 Patriots, Sony Michelle. 19 Chiefs, Damian Williams. 20 Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette. 21 Rams, Cam Akers. And then 22, the Chiefs with Isaiah Pacheco. Not big, I mean, their salaries, look at this, uh, 460000 320 uh, 1.5 mil, 2 mil, 2.5 mil, 730, 585, 760, 900, 480, 1. 1.05, uh, then you got 2 million, and then you got 890 and 870. Not big time contract uh, running backs. And that's that's huge, especially when you're an owner of a team and, you know, and you're a GM of a team and you're trying to put a team together. You know, this is a, a, a position that you really don't have to go that high in contracts because all you really have to do is just get somebody that is decent for a cheap price. Now, I'm also going to argue because now, you know, ever since, I mean, really, I think Ezekiel Elliott was the last one. Uh, Actually, no, we'll say Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. So Josh Jacobs was the last first rounder other than B. John Robinson, you know, this year. Josh Jacobs was the, the last one to be drafted in the first round. So there has been 20, now it's 25 running backs that have been drafted in the first round in the last 23 years. This is since 2000. So when you look at it, Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, Doug Martin, Najee Harris, LaDainian Tomlinson, Reggie Bush, 
Trent Richardson, Adrian Peterson, Chris Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Jamal Lewis, Joseph Adai, Willis, Willis McGahee, Todd Gurley, Travis Etienne, Javid Best, Marshawn Lynch, Kevin Jones, Josh Jacobs, Noshan Moreno, Cadillac Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Ronnie Brown, and now Bijan Robinson. These are all running backs that were taken in the first round. Now, when you look at the way contracts go in the NFL, if you're a first-round draft pick, you get a four-year contract most likely and a fifth-year option that goes to the team. So, when you really look at it, the years that you're going to get the best out of your running back, those first five years, I would say. I mean, that's... So, I'm going to argue because, you know, after Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley, you know, it was just... It was looked at as, like, frowned upon to take a running back in the first round. Or even in the top ten, whatever it was. It was just frowned upon. Like, you don't do it. There's no reason to do it. But I'm going to argue that you you should take a running back in the first round. If that running back, like the way Bijan Robinson is, you know, Bijan Robinson is looked at as one of the top players in this past draft. So I am okay with Atlanta taking him in the first round. Top 10, that's a little crazy because you're going to get a little bit of a high contract. But if you take a running back of that nature in the first round, get the most that you can out of that running back in the first five years. And then when his contract comes up to the point where they want to start renegotiating, you move on. So you get five years out of that running back. So yeah, I'm going against the narrative here because I think it's, it's a move. Like Atlanta, listen, you get the best out of Bijan Robinson. You work him to the bone these next couple of years. And then when it comes down to it, you know, he needs a big contract, then you kind of move on. And I think that teams can start doing that. Because, it, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's just smart. Because if they're taken in that second round and anywhere further, they don't get that fifth-year option for the team. So, you know, you that's something that you, you know, because like, I, and I never really thought of it that way until I saw what the Dallas Cowboys did with Trayvon Diggs. And they went out this offseason and they signed him to a big deal. Now, when you look at that, you start to see what kind of, you know, how good of a move that was because you now have Trayvon Diggs who was able to negotiate his contract this year. That was, you know, that's the thing. You have to get past year three to be able to renegotiate your deal. So in terms of a second round pick as Trayvon Diggs was, you get past that third round, that, you know, that third year, you start negotiating and they can hold out. For that that last year, basically. Now, the same thing goes for Micah Parsons, but Micah Parsons can't negotiate his contract 
or renegotiate his contract or even try to talk about an extension until the end of this coming year. So the way the money works out and everything, it was just a smart move for the Cowboys to extend Trayvon Diggs the way that they did. So that just got me thinking in terms of how the contracts work when you're drafted. And I think taking a a running back in the first round is a good move. You get that extra year. And, you know, once you get a running back past 26, 27, they're starting to to kind of trickle down. You know, it's you obviously have running backs that, yeah, have flourished. I mean, there's some some guys here that I'm looking at, but they're big names. And, you know, you're looking at them in terms of, you know, they get that that, you know, sixth year and they blow up. But then after that, like, so Saquon, Saquon is going into his his f- sixth year. So he's got five years under his belt. He's only played a full season twice. And that was his first year and this past year. Those were his best years, both around 1,300 yards. Okay? Ezekiel Elliott. When you look at Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott is in his sixth year. Uh, he is in his seventh year. Well, going into his eighth year. Okay. And he got his contract. But when you look at it, first year, 1,600 yards, played every, played 15 of 15 games. Or played in 15 games, started the 15. Uh, 2017, he played 10 games, only had 983 yards. Then he went back up to 1,400 yards in 15 games. Then 1,300 yards in 16 games. But then you can see he starts to come down. And, you know, he goes down to 979 in 15 games. Then he goes back up to 1,000 in 17 games in 2021. But then down to have his worst year last year with 876 yards. But he did have 12 touchdowns. So then you look at Doug Martin, another first-round pick. You know, he had injury issues. He's, you know, his first year, 1,400 yards. His fourth year, 1,400 yards, but then went to 421, and then 400, and then 723. So that's a perfect example of getting that fifth year and then moving on from him because, you know, it's just they start to break down. Ladanian Tomlinson was a, a, a nut job. I, I mean, if you really look at this guy, absolutely nut, like just nuts. So, first year, 1,200, second year, 1,600, third year, 1,600, fourth year, 1,300, fifth year, 1,400, sixth year, 1,800. That was his best year of his career was in 2006, which was his sixth year. So, that's past his, you know, his f- first contract. Um, then you look at Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush is another one. You know, he never really had big, uh, you know, in New Orleans, he wasn't a big running back, uh, you know, because he shared time and he was more of a receiving back. So he only really topped out at like 581 in his second year. Then he moves on to Miami where he was the feature back 
And that was after his contract. And they got good stuff out of Reggie Bush in the two years that Miami had him. 1,000 yards and then 986. And then his first year in Detroit, 1,000 yards. But then after that, Hurt played nine games, played one game, played zero games, or started zero games. So, again, another running back that, you know, gets down and starts to break down. Um, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, you get... So, if you look at it, his fifth year, he had 970 yards uh, after having 1,000-plus yards his previous four. Then has his best year, like LaDainian Tomlinson did in year six, but then after that, he starts to trickle down. Um, he did have three more 1,000-yard years, one, uh, two at Minnesota and then one with Washington. But, again, older guy in his 30s, you know, he starts to break down with injuries. Chris Johnson, another one, uh, crazy. You know, you got the best out of him in his first five years. 1,200, 2,000, 1,300, 1,000, 1,200. And then his sixth year, he had 1,000 yards still. But then he moves on to the Jets in 14, 600 yards. Uh, Arizona, 800 yards. Then he had 95 yards and 114 yards. So, again, breaking down after that fifth and sixth year. Fifth and sixth year is that hot spot for these running backs. So this is the reason why I'm saying maybe taking them in the first round. If they, if you believe that this running back can be good and can be that good, take them in the first round. Get that fifth year out of them. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 435, then he had 1,000, then he had 1,300, then 225, 442, and then last year with the two teams between San Francisco and Carolina, he had 1,100 yards. I think he'll he'll start to get better, uh, you know, because that's his sixth year. Last year was his sixth year, so he had a, a good year, another one. But this is where you're like, all right, but he has a team around him. He's got a really good team around him, so it's n- like it's something that he really doesn't need to rush the way that he would that some of these running backs would have to. Um, so that's just my argument on taking a running back in the first round. You know, that's you know, and then I wanted to get into my top ten running backs heading into this season. I got number ten, Tony Pollard. Number nine, Austin Eckler. Number eight, Dalvin Cook, the teamless Dalvin Cook. We'll see where he goes. Seven, I have Kenneth Walker. I think Kenneth Walker is getting there, and he's becoming one of those feature backs. Um, Number six, I have Saquon Barkley. Number five, I have Jonathan Taylor, even though he's having his issues with Indianapolis. Derrick Henry is number four for me. Josh Jacobs, also another guy having his issues with contracts. Uh, He's number three. Nick Chubb is my number two. And then I have Christian McCaffrey at number one, mainly because of the team that's around him. But let's get into it. Running up the score, NFL preview. AFC North. We're going to start off Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, what is one thing that we learned last year with the Steelers? Yes, another winning season Mike Tomlin has not had a losing record season since becoming the head coach 
for the Steelers. But my one thing, what have we learned? My one thing that I've learned from the Steelers is Kenny Pickett is the future. And it looks like a very nice future for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Kenny Pickett is only going to get better each and every year. George Pickens is a beast. I think they need to use Najee Harris a lot more. That's that's my one thing with them. You know, it's just I, I, I need to see more of Najee Harris. Now, looking back. Off-season grade. I'm going to give them an A. You know, when you look at their draft, uh, they needed O-line help for a long time, really. Um, but, and, you know, trading up to get Broderick Jones was a smart, no-brainer deal. They needed it. It was much needed. They got their uh, their offensive linemen. Good move by them doing that. Also, taking Joey Porter Jr. at the top of the second round was a very good move that needed to happen. And not to mention, he's, you know, they drafted uh, the son of a longtime Steeler, Joey Porter, as well. That can't hurt. Uh, Keanu Benton also should make an impact along the defensive line immediately, as much as Darnell Washington may have always been overrated as a fringe first round prospect at tight end. He's a steal at the 93rd pick uh, in the third round for the uh, the Steelers. So that right there, their draft outlook, B+. You got to give them a B+. I think it was it, they they hit their needs. It was great. Free agency recap. I'm going to give them a B. Um they made low low key additions in free agency that should help the team significantly um from last year. Uh Isaac Samalu, he earned a PFF pass blocking grade uh, of at least 77.4 over the last three seasons. So that's, you know, something that was needed. Uh, cornerback Patrick Peterson and Cole Holcomb should both be upgrades for their defense. And then adding Allen Robinson uh, for basically nothing is a one of those low-risk, high-reward uh, things. Will they make the playoffs? Unfortunately for the Steelers, their division is good. The Browns are going to be better. The Ravens are going to be better. The Bengals are the Bengals. And then the AFC just as a whole, you know, they're not going to win this division. So now you're looking at a wild card spot. And then when you look at the line of AFC teams, you're just, it's hard for me. You know, I see the Steelers as a fringe team, uh, but I don't see them making the playoffs only because of that. Contender or pretender. Now, again, this is where I'm like, yeah, hey, you know, they're kind of on the fence. I'm leaning towards no to making the playoffs. When I do these contender and pretenders, I'm thinking more on the lines of, are they going to be a playoff team? You know, it, it's kind of the same question, same answer kind of thing uh, in terms of will they make the playoffs and if they're a contender or a pretender. You know, my contender-pretender thing is not for Super Bowls. 
because if I did that, 95% of the league would be a pretender compared to a contender. Um, so I'm basically saying for contender and pretender, can they make some noise in the playoffs? Now, contender or pretender for the Steelers. I'm putting them in a between. Um, as I said, the AFC is tough if you don't win your division. And they are not going to win their division. Obviously, we you know they have the Bengals in their, their division. They have the Ravens in their division if the Bengals don't win that division, which I don't see that happening. But And then you've got the Browns. Again, you're getting a full season of Deshaun Watson, a full training camp of Deshaun Watson. Uh, so I think every team in the division is unfortunately better than the Steelers. But this team, I think, is definitely on the upswing. You draft your future at Kenny Pickett last year. He had his ups and downs last year. I think he's only going to keep getting better because he's shown signs last year of being a very, very good quarterback. And I'm excited to see him, you know, as he goes on. 2023 season outlook. I'm expecting right around the same kind of season as last year. I think Kenny Pickett, again, only going to get better. This offense needs to start putting up numbers better than they did last year. That was their issue. They just... They struggled on the offensive side of the ball. But that also means I think they need to get the ball to Najee Harris more often. Um, and again, I just I don't I don't think they're gonna be that competitive in this division. I do see them being last. But again, on an upswing, Kenny Pickett's the future. It's you know, it, it's only gonna be up from here for, for the Steelers. What are the odds? Over under eight and a half wins. I'm going to put them at eight wins going under. They're plus 470 to win the division. That's not going to happen. They're plus 2,500 to win the AFC. That is 10th best. And they're plus 146 to make the playoffs, which is 19th. Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow missing multiple weeks. Trey Hendrickson extended. So that's nice. Um, and as I said, Burrow will end up being the highest paid player very soon. Off-season grade. I'm going to give them an A. Uh, Cincinnati getting Orlando Brown at tackle was huge. Um, it was unexpected, but it was an awesome move. Um, five straight seasons, he was a PFF pass blocking grade of at least 74.4 and definitely helps solidify that offensive line. Hopefully they can stay healthy. You know, that's a, that's another thing that they need to do. Um, Cody Ford adds depth to the group. Um, and then also going after Irv Smith for tight end. If he can stay healthy, it's again, a, a low risk, high reward kind, kind of move uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. AFC championship loss obviously hurts. Um, the Bengals needed to make some, you know, they, they needed to make some hard decisions going into this offseason. Um, and they allowed Jesse Bates 
Von Bell, Samaje Pirine, and Hayden Hurst all walk in free agency. Um, but you add, you know, replacing that, you add Nick Scott, you add Irv Smith, um, you add Orlando Brown. Then they drafted uh, Jordan Battle. Uh, they got Chase Brown. So, the you know, obviously Joe Mixon's future is the uh, – that's the major question really. But I give him an A. NFL draft recap. I'm going to give him a B. Uh, their draft was definitely a good one. Uh, Miles Murphy bringing elite tools uh, and flashes of play at the area of the draft where the skill set is typically gone. Uh, the cornerback, DJ Turner. Then they got uh, Jordan Battle, as I said, Charlie Jones, Chase Brown, all future-proof areas of the roster without needing to be pressed into full-time roles right away. Free agency recap. I'm going to give them an A-. minus. Um, as I said, with all the guys that they've lost, they kind of filled their holes pretty well uh, in free agency. The offensive line obviously has been an issue for Cincinnati since Joe Burrow came into the league. Uh, but Orlando Brown was a huge step in the right direction. Um, so, but you know, you, you lose guys like Jesse Bates, you lose guys like Von Bell. That's, that's tough for that secondary, um, at the safety position. But I think what they've done so far has definitely helped. I think Cincinnati will be all right. Will they make the playoffs? Yes. I mean, that's, that's a stupid question. Barring Joe Burrow. Contender or pretender? They're a contender without a doubt. They'll be right there, and it's guaranteed. You know, you're you're looking at it. You're guaranteed probably a divisional round or a championship round, um, basically. And, I, you know, I think that they're going to be there uh, at the end. So 2023 season outlook. Now that Burrow will miss some time, although uh, we don't know how much time, you know, they just said several weeks. Um, as basically what I was saying before, we're probably going to see the last of Joe Burrow this preseason. So hopefully he'll be there back for week one, but we'll see. Um, the, the thing that worries me about the Bengals and Joe Burrow, you know, this is another off season where he is out, you know, you had COVID, then you had a torn ACL, then you had the appendix. Now you have the calf. It's it's something that's becoming a a trend, but also the trend is the slow starts that they've been getting when Joe Burrow has gone down and hasn't been in training camp. So that is my only um you know my only worry with the the Bengals is that that slow start could end up putting them in a tough position because the AFC is so good and their division is going to be a lot better than last year. So that's my only thing. Do I think it only lasts maybe a game or two? That's probably what I think. Um, But again, I expect them to be there at the end with the Bills, with the Chiefs, um, maybe with the Jets. We'll see. What are the odds? Over under 11.5 wins. I have them at 11 wins. Again, a lot of these, you know, over-unders, 
that I'm looking at, I'm most likely going to take them on the unders. Uh, you know, Vegas always has them right there. I mean, that's it's it's always like right there. That's why I'm going under. Uh, they're plus one thirty to win the division. Not bad. Plus odds. Take a team that's won the division the last two three years. Uh, plus five hundred to win the AFC. That's third best. And minus three ten to make the playoffs. That's fourth best. Cleveland Browns. Browns will be better this year. You're getting a full Deshaun Watson uh, training camp. You're getting a full Deshaun Watson season. And I think, you know, just finally getting back into the swing of things for Deshaun Watson, I think is huge. Uh, being with his teammates in training camp is, you know, is huge. And I think they're going to be better. Um, the verdict is still out. Uh to see if Deshaun Watson gets back to his Texans form. Because we were we're watching this guy before his legal issues. He's with the Texans, and you're like, this guy is one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best young quarterbacks in this league, and sky is the limit. And then everything happens, and you're like, and then you see him last year, and you're like, whoa, what what happened to this guy? So the verdict is still out. Whether he gets back to that form, if he gets back to Texans' form, the Browns might surprise people. The Browns might surprise people. Off-season grade. I'm going to give him an A. Deshaun, the, the Deshaun Watson trade and signing last year um, kind of handicapped the team's capabilities uh, this year. They they were able to find enough money to revamp the defense with uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Juan Thornhill, um, Ogbania Okoronkwo. I definitely said that wrong. But uh, then they had the under-the-radar trade acquisition of Elijah Moore, which I think is going to be uh, – it's going to end up being a very big move uh, to help out with Amari Cooper. And I obviously I could see it being a steal. Uh they didn't really give up much and I think uh you know just having Nick Chubb, having Amari Cooper, a full season of uh Deshaun Watson. I mean this is you know this is uh it, it, it's exciting for for the Browns. NFL draft recap. I'm going to give a B minus. Uh in the draft the uh line continued to get reinforced with the nose tackle, uh, Siaka Aka and edge rusher Isaiah McGuire, um, halting the slide of uh, Ohio State offensive lineman Dewan Jones and Luke Whitepuller, uh, gives the, the draft a huge potential payoff. That That's, that's the biggest thing. Um, Cedric Tillman and Elijah Moore adding with Amari Cooper. Huge, uh, and I think that this offseason could definitely push the Browns up, as I was saying. They, they could be surprised. Free agency recap. I give them an A+. Plus. You know, it's it's almost like you're getting Deshaun Watson again, basically, because you're going to get a full season out of him. Um, So the biggest thing is just getting the, the talent around him. Um. They traded for as uh, Elijah Moore, as I said. 
you know, and then you make the deals on the defensive side with Dalvin Tomlinson and Akronquo. Um, then they were able to re-sign Anthony Walker and then sign Juan Thornhill to really kind of, you know, sh- strengthen that defense. Um, and if Deshaun Watson can return to that 2021 form, um, this this free agent, this, this offseason for the Browns could really propel them into the playoffs. Will they make the playoffs? They're a bubble team to me. You know, as I said, this is, a again, another team that's, you know, in this division. Obviously, this division is good, but it's the AFC. So, um, you know, my thing is I just I don't think that they're better than the Bengals or the Ravens. So that puts them automatically in third, although they could surprise. But that already puts them in third in their division, and that kind of knocks them down a notch and the AFC, and as I said, the AFC is very deep, and it's tough. Um, also, not knowing what you're going to get from Deshaun Watson. Contender or pretender? Although I said, you know, what I said about them being a bubble team, I put them as a betweener. You know, they could make some noise, but they also are in the AFC, so it's going to be tough. So I have them in between as a pretender or contender. 2023 season outlook. I expect to see a better Deshaun Watson and a team that is good enough to fight for a wild card spot in the AFC. What are the odds? Their over-under is 9.5. I like them at 9. They uh, are plus 390 to win the division. They are plus 1,700 to win the AFC. That's ninth best. And they are plus 104 to make the playoffs. That's 15th best. Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins needs to stay healthy, really, uh, for this team. And I think he can have a breakout season, to be totally honest with you. He's that kind of running back. But when you play 23 games in three seasons and it's a contract year, that's that's one big thing. Like, it's a contract year. You need to stay healthy if you want to get your money. And it's already bad enough that you're a running back. <laughs> So as I, you know, going back to that off-season grade, I give them a B. Um, they get a bump, obviously, because they were able to keep Lamar Jackson, and that was huge. Um, then you add Odell. You know, it was pricey, but you know, I think having those two, you know, in the off-season, you know, signing, re-signing. Lamar Jackson, then signing Odell, I think that was huge. NFL draft recap. A minus. Um, Zay Flowers was a huge, uh, huge fit. Um, Andrew Voorhees along the offensive line is a steal in round seven. Um, but otherwise, this, you know, they they kind of. I, I the only reason why I'm giving them an A minus is because of Zay Flowers. That's that's really it, and. It's showing up in camp, too. Zay Flowers is one of uh, Lamar Jackson's favorite uh, targets right now, as I'm hearing. But that's that's whatever. Free agency recap. Now, I have them at a, as a C. Again, as I said, really, you know, Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers, really the only things that they added. But when you look at who they lost, um, they haven't signed 
you know, anybody other than Nelson Aguilar. Um, but they lost Ben Powers. They lost Calais Campbell. They lost Marcus Peters. So it's uh, it was a rough free agency for the Ravens. Will they make the playoffs? Yes. Although um, they won't take the division uh, from the Bengals, I think the Ravens should get a wild card spot. But I don't know if they're equipped to uh, to move on further than you know just a wild card spot. Contender or pretender? I have them as a contender, as in a playoff team. Super Bowl is definitely not in the cards for the Ravens. 2023 season outlook. I expect a rejuvenated. Lamar Jackson. I expected, you know, you know, obviously with his contract, all that hoopla out the window, I expect him to be rejuvenated. Uh, I think with weapons like Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham, and then you have, uh, you add Mark Andrews to that, that offense will be one of the better offenses in the league. Uh, and I think they need to get J.K. Dobbins in the, you know, in the swing of things, keep them healthy, get them into this offense, and they really could be very, very good. And I expect them to be a playoff team, but a first round out. What are the odds? Over under 10 and a half wins, I have them at 10. Plus 250 to win the division, plus 1,000 to win the AFC, that's fourth best, and minus 150 to make the playoffs, that's 10th best. NFC North. And we'll start off with... Green Bay Packers. The Jordan Love era has commenced. Love, who sat behind Aaron Rodgers for three years, the same amount of time that Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre, will now take over in Green Bay. Off-season grade. B-. minus. The Packers, they, uh, they finally decided to move on. They decided to move on from Aaron Rodgers and whether that it was a good move or not, that obviously is remain is uh, up for discussion, I guess you could say. And we won't see that until the season starts. Um, they deserve credit with the whole thing with the Jets and the Packers. So that's, you know, in the rear view, Aaron Rodgers in the rear view. Now it's J- uh, J-Love. NFL Draft Recap. B. Uh, they repeatedly attacked the same positions with uh, multiple selections. The uh, the defensive line, Lucas Van Ness, Colby Wooden, Carl Brooks. Uh, then they went for receiver, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Grant DeBose, and then tight end, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft. Um, they expect most of these guys to make an immediate impact free agency recap they get an f uh the lineup on the offensive side of the ball is lacking and they didn't really do anything to bolster that up you know you're hoping that two young guys in christian watson and romeo dubs are going to be great they're expecting luke musgrave another young guy to be great and then you're expecting Jordan Love to be great. And I decided, you know, there a lot of people are kind of up and down when you're talking about Jordan Love. And I just wanted to bring up, you know, basically his his draft 
um, like his prospect. What do you want to call it? I guess just basically when he was going to get drafted, what was his strengths, weaknesses, and whatnot, all that stuff, all his combine sh- stuff. His prospect grade was a 6.36, uh, and it was technically a 79, which is good. You know, obviously they drafted him first round, the 26th pick. He's 6'4", 224. Uh, his arm, 32.58. His hands, 10 and a half. His production score, they ranked him sixth in the combine of quarterbacks with a 68. His athleticism score was a 68, which um, is ranked ninth overall. And then his total score was ranked fifth among quarterbacks in that draft. Mind you, that's a 2020 draft. So that is... Justin Herbert, that is, uh, I believe that's Joe Burrow, isn't it? Yeah, that's Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. That's that's that year. So to be fifth among them, that's that's big. So his forty yard dash four seven four, his ten yard split one five eight. Um, you know, so all the all the good stuff. But let's move on to his weaknesses and his strengths, so we can see what to expect from Green Bay this year and Jordan Love. You know what drives me crazy? I just updated this computer and I literally have nothing else going on on this computer and it's slower than my ass. Strengths. Tall in the pocket, smooth and natural thrower. Keeps the ball tucked and secure while scanning the field. Tight spirals come from a very uh, variety of arm slots. Offenses built upon intermediate and deep raids and throws. Um, confident passer attacking between the hashes. Makes athletic pocket exits when scrambling. Good open field vision and speed to move the sticks. Arm strength to dime it into windows. Drops deep balls into plenty of air. Drops deep balls in with plenty of air and touch. In 2018, trusted big receivers to make plays on 50-50s. Arm talent and swagger to attack field side. Cover two hole. Has access to expedited compact release when uh, pressured. His weaknesses. Consistency and production took massive step backwards in 2019. Looping wind-up. Part of a slower operation time. Too much staring and telegraphing. Six games with multiple inter- interceptions, including three pick sixes. Uh, below average decision making against zone looks. Allowed coverage to swarm due to lack of anticipation. Unusually spotty ball placement forced targets to work for catches. Completed just 31% of his deep throws. Doesn't slide to safer launch points enough will void viable pocket at times needs to use his eyes to hold safeties longer and issues bringing in off target snaps leading to fumbles now some of that was kind of contradictory but i'm not going to that's on nfl.com whatever but yeah that's that's what we're expecting the unknown basically but again 
working under Aaron Rodgers for the last three years, that's had to have helped. So I'm interested to see what we're going to see from Jordan Love this year. Will they make the playoffs? No. That's a quick no. Contender or pretender? Pretender. Um, To be honest with you, maybe just... I mean, they might be in the running for Caleb Williams, basically. That's what I'm saying. Um, So whether it's that or they get, you know, the first or the second pick and they trade it because they do believe in Jordan Love, whatever it is, I think um, the future is what to look at for, for Green Bay. 2023 season outlook. I'm expecting a lot of struggles from Green Bay, but it's expected. Uh, they are turning over a new leaf, and it's Jordan Love's team now. Unfortunately, he's lacking weapons on the offensive side. Um, so until they really add weapons, it's going to be a struggle year for the Green Bay Packers. What are the odds? Over under seven and a half wins. I'm putting them at six. Plus 340 to win the division. Plus 1800 to win the NFC, which is eighth best, which is right in the middle, which is crazy. Uh, plus 130. Uh, one, plus 138 to make the playoffs. That's 18th best. Detroit Lions. Jameson Williams suspended six games. So you had... The injury, obviously, they, they drafted him. He tore his ACL at the end of his college you know, career. So they knew what they were getting when they were going after Jamison Williams. You're looking for the future. Finally comes back towards the end of the season, starts to show signs of, like, wow, this kid could be really good. Then gets uh, suspended to start this season for six games due to gambling. Um, so that's, you know, lovely. Off-season grade. Give them A-. minus. They missed the playoffs last season, but uh, the team is the favorite. You know, the, the Lions are the favorite to win the NFC North. Um, they have a young roster and it, it definitely uh, interesting additions. The Lions uh, had, an, as I said, an exceptional off-season. Uh, they basically picked up Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, and Cameron Sutton. Um, They're going to get the majority of the snaps in the secondary. Um, Then they ended up picking up David Montgomery. Obviously, they got rid of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. So they, you know, uh, a running attack, a rushing attack that was really, really good. They end up losing both of them. They get David Montgomery, and then, you know, then you end up bringing in also uh, Graham Glasnow, Glasgow um, to basically uh, stabilize that interior on the offensive line. NFL draft recap. A B. Um, the, it's hard to dislike the guys that they they drafted. Uh, uh, Jameer Gibbs. Um, then they also took Hendon Hooker, which, you know, Jared Goff, I don't want to say he's getting older, but I mean, he can only take you so far. Great season last year, but I think Hennon Hooker is a guy that, you know, maybe you redshirt him this year. Um, you just keep working with him, and he has that ability to really make the Lions offense dynamic. So I'm interested to see 
you know, if they really feel like Hendon Hooker is the future. Free agency recap. I'm going to give him an A minus. As I said, Cameron Sutton, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley. Um, they lost to Sean Elliott, so it, you know, what they did in the secondary was huge. Um, adding David Montgomery with Jameer Gibbs is, you know, it's an, again, running back, I don't want to say is not the, the most important position. Cause I think it is important. I'm one of those guys that likes a run game, but it's not as important, you know? So David Montgomery just might be that guy. Um, to just bridge the gap, basically. Um, so yeah, I gave him an A minus. Will they make the playoffs? Yes. Contender or pretender? Contender. I think the Lions got better, um, and I think that they will win the North. Um, and the NFC is basically pretty open. So uh, this uh, this year is going to be fun in the NFC. Twenty twenty three season outlook. I'm expecting the Lions to finally win the division and make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, You know, I hope last year's success, although not making the playoffs, doesn't get to their head too much. I think uh, the underdog mindset really carries the team, and I think the Lions are really feeding off of that last year, especially feeding off of Dan Campbell in that aspect. What are the odds? Over under, nine and a half wins. I like them at 10. I like them at 10. Uh, plus 155 to win the division, plus 900 to win the NFC, which is fourth best, and minus 170 to make the playoffs, which is ninth best. Minnesota Vikings, off-season grade. Off-season grade, B+. Plus. Um, it was way more of the same for the Vikings. Uh, they certainly are pushing to get younger and cheaper, uh, but not necessarily better. They traded uh, Zadarius Smith to get his contract off the books. Um, they added Marcus Davenport to step into that role, but he really never exceeded uh, 51 carries in a season. So uh, 51 pressures in a season, I should say. And Zadarius Smith had 78 pressures last year. So that's a significant step down, but um, they their point differential last year was disappointing to say the least. Uh, the defense really needed a revamp and they got a new coordinator and Brian Flores. Uh, and then they added Byron Murphy, Marcus Davenport, Dean Lowry. Um, and they let go of Adam Thielen, Dalvin, uh, Tomlinson and Eric Kendricks NFL draft recap. They added Jordan Addison, which would be nice to be on the other side of, uh, Justin Jefferson, and to fill the role of Adam Thielen. The opportunity uh, is there definitely for uh, Makai Blackman. Um, Dwayne McBride, one of the best value picks of day three, and definitely uh, is going to be big because you obviously moving on from Dalvin Cook. Free agency recap. B minus. The guys that I brought up before, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Eric Kendricks, Patrick Peterson, a- Adam Thielen, although, you know, big names, they had an okay offseason. Like, these guys were older, so what they brought back in, you know, they, they got younger, 
you know, it's obviously the verdict is still out if they got better, but um, they they didn't make a huge improvement, um, and it just kind of seems like they're treading water. So I gave them a B minus. Will they make the playoffs? I think yes. Contender or pretender? I say contender, but just as a playoff team, I don't think they really go and that much further than making the playoffs, basically. Basically what they did last year. What are the odds? Their over-under is eight and a half wins. I think they get to nine. Um, I think they lose the division by one game. Plus 260 to win the division. Plus 1,400 to win the NFC, which is sixth best. And plus 104 to make the playoffs, which is 16th best. That's last in the NFC. Unless I might have... I might, that might be... 16th overall so that's middle of the pack Chicago Bears the Bears are going to surprise people this year I said it Justin Fields will throw the ball so much better this year and will rush for a thousand yards as well I I'm gonna be crazy here and I actually see him doing exactly what he said and throwing for 4,000 yards that's how big of a move I think that getting DJ Moore was for Justin Fields. Yes, I said it. Off-season grade. Is it an A-? minus? Um, the, obviously, the evaluation that they, you know, after the season was, all right, well, we have the number one pick. And, yes, you're going to, if you got the number one pick, you're taking a quarterback. But we have Justin Fields. So, what do we, do we believe in Justin Fields? Obviously, they did. They traded it away. They got DJ Moore in that whole thing. Um, no team entered the offseason with more resources than the Bears. Uh, they did a nice job rebuilding the, the roster top to bottom. Um, they had some free agency acquisitions. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Demarcus Walker, TJ Edwards, Nate Davis. Um, they added DJ Moore in the trade, obviously. Uh, Chicago hit on many of last year's draft picks uh, that they hope to repeat the same, um, the same basically in this draft. Obviously, you know, I'm trying to think of the words to say. Uh, Darnell Wright, Gervin Dexter, uh, Tyreek Stevenson. The roster isn't really right there yet, but. They did improve from last year. NFL draft recap. B plus. Uh, in this draft, Darnell Wright has a highlight reel of crushing blocks, um, but one of the worst run blocking profiles of any top pick in recent memory, which is scary. Um, the defensive lineman Gervin Dexter and Zach Pickens each have um, physical tools, basically, that didn't display an impact in college, um, but they they mitigated the risk well with contingency plans at several spots. So overall, this was a big jump for the roster um, that basically was torn down a year ago. Free agency recap. I'm going to give them an A. Again, I mean, just the list of names that I brought up before, just overall what they did you know, bringing in DJ Moore, then, you know, obviously that was in a trade, but, you know, it's whatever. But Nate Davis, uh, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, like these are big moves 
for this Chicago team. Big moves to to make a stride. Um, the Chicago uh, Chicago Bears still have a long way to go to upgrading basically around Justin Fields, but this was definitely a uh, a big good start for Chicago. Will they make the playoffs? No. Contender or pretender? I have them a pretender, but not for long. Not for long. 2023 season outlook. I'm expecting the Bears to make huge strides. Unfortunately, I believe uh, they'll miss the playoffs, but I see signs of like the Jaguars in them from last year. Like I think that they'll pull out some surprising wins and Justin Fields will definitely show out this year, but not just on his feet. I think he'll show with his arm and you may think I'm crazy, but I think he will show out with his arm. What are the odds? Bears over under seven and a half. I like him at seven plus 400 to win the division plus 2,500 to win the, uh, the NFC. That's 10th best and plus 172 to make the playoffs. That's 22nd best around the hobby. First off, the national just ended yesterday. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. I'm very upset about it. I had uh, a crazy amount of FOMO being home, watching all these videos and all these pictures and all this stuff from the, the national, because last year was amazing. And honestly, at this point, I don't ever want to miss another national. Like that's how much fun I had last year and how much just like the, the FOMO that I had was insane. Like I wish I was in Chicago last year. Oh, this last weekend, like it's, it was unbelievable. So this was interesting. Uh, I wanted to talk about this real quick because I saw this on um, Eric Whiteback's Twitter. Tops was sending out their redemptions, basically from Bowman U, and they sent a rookie autograph to five of Victor Wembanyama, which is worth around $30,000. And they sent it to the wrong person. Uh, I mean, it, it like, I don't know how you do that. This guy posted that he was supposed to get a Scoot Henderson auto to five, but it was replaced with a Wembanyama to five on accident. Now, yes, Scoot Henderson's card is huge. I actually have a redemption for it. I'm waiting for that to come back. It's it's nice. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not Webinyana. It's like not even, I mean, 10% of what it is. So I'm inter- interested to see like what happens with the guy that actually had the redemption of that card. So that's crazy that that, you know, happened. Uh, I don't know how that could happen. To me, I think this is the time to start selling. I think this is the perfect time. The National is over because leading up to the National, that's when people kind of, you know, hold their money close to their chest. They don't, uh, you know, spend that much. And it's just something that, like, you know, it just slows down. Everybody wants to keep their money for the National and then and even their cards till the National because you could sell differently you know, in person. 
So I think this is the time to sell. This is the time, you know, especially football, you want to start selling. This is the time. Um, this year's national is thought to break the attendance record. You know, this was the 43rd annual national and it's always, you know, they don't let you know what the numbers are basically, but the record was set in 1991 in Anaheim. Like that's known to be like the record setter. That was the one. Um, and they, they are expecting that this national exceeded a hundred thousand people. Um, and also in terms of the, um, nationals to come they usually have this you know meeting and they go over the next three whatever um atlantic city convention officials have offered to cover a thousand dollars of each dealer's booth cost as part of its pitch to land the 2026 national sports collectors convention now atlantic city although was very close to me you know it was only a three-hour ride from me being in New York, going to New Jersey. Um, so I loved it in terms of that. You know, it was an easy trip for me. Atlantic City's not the nicest town, and people were very, very vocal about that. So I think Atlantic City knows that they were uh, a very, very big underdog to get the 2026, so now they had to come out with these, you know, these deals. So we'll see... What ends up happening with that? New releases. August 2nd, we have the 2023 Panini Score football, which is going to be $200. The box break, you're getting four autos, 90 rookies, 10 parallels, 36 inserts, one lent lenticular insert per case, and one base slash rookie die cuts per case. So now this... This is a um, a box that has a lot of cards. You're getting 40 cards in this. Uh, you're getting 40 cards per pack, and you're getting 10 packs in this box. So you're getting 400 cards. So it's a big, big product um, known to be a lesser kind, but it's definitely a fun product to, to just break to yourself. You know, it's 200 bucks. Uh, then we have... 2023, also the same day, 2023 Panini Select H2 UFC, which is going to be $65. And there's only six base prisms, you know, that you're expected out of the box break. Um, it, it's it's an okay product. I, I, I mean, if you want something cool to, to rip, you know, if you like the UFC, the H2 box is definitely... I mean, in that aspect, I probably would just go after the um, the regular select box. I think it was only three hundred or something like that. Um, they have the exclusive disco prism parallels, uh, and then they also have the artistic selection inserts. Uh, six cards per pack, four car, uh, four packs per box, twenty boxes per case, and that will do it for running up the score. Our next show will be the AFC West and the NFC West, and then we got the AFC East and the NFC East.
coming up soon. I'll have a guest for that show. Uh, but that will do it. I'm Jerry. Be breezy. Be breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on Sports Radio.